Welcome to another episode of Rage Gear Studio, the podcast. Today, we're going to try something a little different. We have this segment. It's called That One Thing I Really Like. And today, we're going to talk about Tarsim Singh. I have Ray here in the hot seat. <laughs> so, Ray, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Tarsim and who he is, what he does. Tarsim Singh is just, he's a brilliant director he's a brilliant cinematographer he's anything that has to do with video and recording just visual medium that moves he's got it like whether it's cg not cg practical or the guy's just like an incredible talent he's seen he's done things you don't even know he's done things that you've seen like he's done so much that you know him but you don't right and we're we're gonna go through i'm gonna you know ask you some questions and we'll learn about tarsim that i'm sure many people don't know who he is. So what was your introduction to Tarsim? What was the first movie you watched? The first time I noticed him, where I was like, I need to follow what this guy's doing, yeah, was The Cell with Vincent D'Onofrio, Jennifer Lopez, and Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Vince was like mad young. <laughs> All of them were. Yeah, All I know. Babies. But I, just, I remember it, it bombed and they were saying... Jennifer Lopez was just awful and anything as soon as all you have to do is connect Jennifer Lopez to it and people hate it automatically without even seeing it. It's crazy. Just... There was a time where anything she did, they would just say, Oh, it's awful, it's horrible. It was like after this jiggly thing, right? With Ben Affleck. So I at that time, this came out in the year two thousand. Yeah, that was actually Tarsim Singh's like movie. Debut, right? right? That was the first time. That was his first first movie he worked on, and it wasn't really his script or concept, but he absolutely made it amazing. His his vision. It was a vision. He made through. it a vision. He made it. Yeah. He was given some stuff. He was given some paperwork. He was given some instructions, and then he just made something amazing out of it. Yeah. So back back then, I I would listen to a lot of the. Rotten Tomatoes or critic reviews, and it was bad. So I didn't watch it until you forced me to see it. Um, <laughs> but before that, I, I didn't I, have. Yes, I hate Rotten Tomatoes. No, like, I, I I've learned. I've actually stopped reading reviews and just go and get my own opinions. And then maybe I'll review. I'll I'll read the reviews and be like, oh. But with Rotten Tomatoes has been where everything that's highly rated, I kind of like, eh, it was all right. It wasn't that great. But then the stuff that's like not good for them, it's like pretty good for me. I don't know. It's been. Yeah. Well, for one thing, we kind of like have a thing for action and sci-fi. It's just yeah. how it is. Which always and ends up being low rated. When um, it comes to any kind of movie like that and that genre, whether it's hero film or, or even if it's not like they just if it's a graphic novel, whatever it is, they just knock it. They just, they're yeah. not about it. Yeah. So which, which of his movies is your favorite? It has to be the fall because that's his baby. That's the one. So he directed a movie called the fall and that, that yeah, he wrote a screenplay for that. He took, like he did everything. The fall is his, it took 17 years of locating the sites where they were going to shoot scout scouting locations because I mean, the guy's job mostly is shooting commercials, commercials and music videos, but a lot of commercials. And because of that, he does get to travel a lot 
and, and it's, it's a great job to have because you're always looking for the next site. And the way he works is he doesn't use sets. Everything he does is like on the spot. He has done movies with, with some set. It's not exclusive or like a have to have situation, but he does go out there. There are amazing places in this world that he just has an eye for, whether it's buildings or just locations a lot Scenery, of he uses a lot of like sand it's all on site and it's all these like places that you can go to eventually at some point and yes they are cg augmented absolutely <laughs> so that's yeah. one thing he does do is like talk about seamless like integration of practical and cg he's just like right. such so 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 good at that because it's things that you wouldn't expect all he does is really just like amplify what's already there because the place is already fantastic but then he adds a spin to it adds his magic or you know makes it fit his narrative and it's like bam it's, it becomes something else yeah absolutely so actually you weren't the first person to show me the fall um i know this my friend from college claire she's obsessed with lee pace and sat me down and and we watched it and i was in awe just like the visuals like you were saying all the locations the costumes can't have a they thought that movie this the fall yeah it was shot in 28 different countries with no sets and he collaborated and all the costuming and everything well he's um, only ever worked with one costume designer until she passed yes. away like from the beginning of his career until she passed until away she in 2012 passed away. every movie yeah it was eiko ishioka i hope i'm saying her name right but she's yeah. a japanese designer whose work you've seen in like bram stoker's dracula oh she was amazing she my my god <laughs> the costumes, the the designs, her her work, her work and his work were just like an amazing. Absolutely, I don't blame him for for not working with anybody else ever. Right. <laughs> that was it. I don't know yeah. that he could find another Aiko for himself for yeah to make it work to make to make that magic again. But my God, was she brilliant? Yeah. So let's let's talk about his videography. He like you mentioned before, he started doing music videos. He did <laughs> so. It goes way back to like in vogue, nineteen ninety. You guys in, in vogue. Hold on, um, wow. So I had and never not, seen this music video, right? It's I not have, great. It's, it's not great. Well, nineteen ninety, they were playing with green screen, having all the visuals, but you can see right there he already was experimenting with yeah, with the movement of some of the characters, not the lead singers, because no, they have like, dancers the, moving around, but um, the dancers kind of had his. They, there was a weird movement to them. Yeah. yeah, and then R.E.M., Losing My Religion, was directed Ooh. by him. That I mean, was 1991. That, Losing My Religion won Best Award that year. And it won yeah. six MTV Music Awards. Video Music Awards, sorry. Because MTV had videos back then. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, and actually, I still watch music videos on YouTube. So I'm, I'm grateful that they still make some. <laughs> And then in 1994, there was this uh, Deep Forest, Sweet Lullaby, which is oh, like God, Deep Forest, New Age, and on the realm of like Enya and um, Enigma. You know that that video I also just watched. But again, hey. the setting for that video was in the desert. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it's his themes. And then the cell finally happened in 2000. Kind of like Dolly. Very, very, very surrealist. Yeah. And The Fall. The that fall, was in 2006. You know the, the Fall 
after they filmed that movie, when that was done, yeah. no studio wanted it. It was it's an indie. So it wouldn't be nobody wanted to nobody, distribute nobody it. Pick it up. No, he had to. It took him two years of going around trying to like oh, indie yeah. this and, and get it distributed himself. And that's why when it came to New York, I had to go see it because his name was on it. Yeah, because I, I kind of stalked him a little bit. Yeah, but it wasn't. I had I had to go to the Angelica here in New York to see it because it wasn't just showing. So anywhere. it was it wasn't a mainstream movie. It was an indie. Yeah, they were showing it in the smaller theaters, and I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah, I had, it was I, great. I, it, they they feel that the movie is polarizing. Like it just people either love it or hate it. But I I I can't say that I've been with anyone who's seen it who has disliked it. I don't. Right. It's yeah. pretty. It's an yes. It is intense, and yeah, it is a, a rough story. But my God, the emotions and that monkey, and, and they're just it was the characters, all the different characters. I it was great. Cantinka, that was yeah. her name. Oh my God, that that girl, that that little girl. So the way he shot this movie was kind of like they wanted her act her. The way they shot this movie, they wanted her real authentic reactions and because the star of the movie is a little girl it's lee pace and he co-stars with a girl who must have been about 10 years old but they wanted honest reactions from her and they got them by like not telling her what was happening next <laughs> Poor so Ka Ka katinka katinka was born in romania so english wasn't her first language and in the in the in the movie she's also not is great in english yeah she definitely she was an immigrant yes. and the her mom was even more so because she had like a little bit of she had enough english to kind of sort of get by a little bit but there's there were yeah. words that you would definitely not get as an immigrant kid i absolutely understand the whole like translating and inner been like intervening for your parent because it just it doesn't doesn't work but she Oh, we've all we've all been there where yeah. you you have to translate to your mom what the doctor is saying or what this document is telling them or whatever. So they they would work in the orchards. That's what that's she was, she, her job was like uh, she was an orange farmer. Yeah, her her parents. Was, so they were like, yeah, they had they worked in orange fields. So they would kind of she fell off a tree. She fell off a yeah. tree picking oranges. Right. And broke her arm, and that's why she was in the hospital. The, I guess so. That's kind of sets up the movie where there. This is like 1920s Hollywood, California, and a little girl, because there are no child labor laws at this point. I suppose she was working the fields, and she's picking oranges, and she falls, and she breaks her arm, and she goes into the hospital, and there she meets another person who's in the hospital who happens to be a stuntman who can't walk. He fell off a horse in a scene where he was shooting on a train or with a train, and the horse fell back on him. And it's it wasn't a good scene, and he ended up in the hospital, not being able to move. And he spends the rest of the movie. He's so depressed about his situation. He spends the rest of the movie trying to talk her into getting him the morphine he needs to commit suicide. Yeah, and that that's pretty insane right there just that's that storyline is is bananas but it's not even the beginning like it's just like it's pretty much it's the most basic it's the 
smallest amount of information that can be given because yes, that's what it's about. But then the whole journey that they go on because he has to tell her stories in order to get her to do what he wants her to do. And the rest of the half the movie is her imagination. Right. And, and she is so wrapped up in this story he's telling her and he's telling her one thing and she's interpreting it her own way because of her own experiences. And you see the comparison of like what he meant for her to see and what she was seeing. Oh my God. It's so beautifully complicated. It, yes. That's the best way to describe it. You guys have to see it. So the next movie that came out was in 2011 immortals, which was based off of DC's the mortal man chosen by Zeus to lead the fight against the ruthless King Hyperion. Yeah, we saw this in the movie theater. And it was definitely shot on a set. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> this, this you could tell. The fall took it all out of him. It right. Took, it took, I mean, 17 years of scouting locations. I mean, that No one would ever do that again. Yeah. I, I don't blame him at all. But again, you know, the fashion. Echo was in there doing her thing. They looked amazing. They all had the gods, all the Greek they had, gods. They wow. had a few, a few Greek gods because they have all of them. I'm always looking for all twelve, but they don't always show them all. Yeah, but enough of enough of them. And they, it was the they were trying to get the Titans not to escape. <laughs> they were they were interfering with the Titans' plot to escape their prison because the Titan Zeus had cast them away and imprisoned them for ever and ever and ever and it was just again the cinematography it's all him like the color all him it wasn't i can't compare it to the fall because it didn't wow me in terms of the story it wasn't something i haven't seen before this was just like it was the hero who meets the girl who gets the girl who saves the world and so i mean it was a little formulaic in that sense but again still it, visually it was visually stunning. Yeah. And the, the stylized version of these characters, of these gods, of all the... Their armor. The, the aesthetic. It was all really cool to see. Even though, yeah, like you were saying, the story was just okay. Ico. I think that was that was all on Aiko. Like, whatever they look like, if that's what you're hanging on to, that was her. Because she, she was brilliant. And it was just... She interprets things in ways that you wouldn't. Like, there, there's nothing expected about her designs yeah if the cell was based on surrealism this was based off renaissance painting styles and you can yeah. see that Broke. throughout the whole film yeah. um which is so cool and i see. mean even the bad stuff even the things that are hard to watch are based on reality and things that they don't really show often in movies because i mean who wants to see like the bull and oh my goodness they were, so... they were just not Things that were authentic and did happen in the time at the time, but not something that had been shown on film before. And then there's, I don't know, they had there were oracles. There were it touched on a lot of things and the right. way that the gods fought, the way they moved when they were fighting the Titans, and it yeah. almost it feels like there's supposed to be a sequel, but I don't know how that I don't I don't know. Right, I I guess because it bombed. <laughs> it it wasn't. It was I don't know what it is about this guy. I mean, I really yeah. he is magical. Did do you remember a Pepsi commercial that had Beyonce, Britney Spears, <laughs> and Pink? And you are ruining my life. 
because I had this whole little section of Eric DB, and that was the major point I was going to tell you. I was trying to surprise you, but I guess you already knew. <laughs> surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm the bad guy, Chun Li. I. Yeah, so in 2004, that epic Pepsi Super Bowl commercial with Britney, Pink, Beyonce, and Enrique as the emperor. They were, uh, it was a cover, a queen cover of We Will Rock You. And it was, you know, they're Roman warriors, gladiators, if you will, at at a coliseum. And no, it was, it was amazing. That will live on in history. But yeah, yeah, he filmed that. Yes. It, yeah, it he's, even if you don't know him, you know him. Like you, his work is out there. It's if you watch yeah. videos, if you see co- commercials, there's a lot of commercials, and you're like, some commercials are interesting to watch. Some some are fun, some are funny, some are weird. But he he does he makes like amazing commercials for like a lot of Pepsi, Coca Cola, and other brands. But he's he's out there. Yeah, for sure. And then in 2012, we went to go see Mirror Mirror, which at the same time, so this is like a Disney snow white retelling type of thing and also that's when snow white and the huntsman came out around the same time within like a week of each other yeah and we honestly thought snow white and the huntsman was more tarsim singh with with the aesthetic the 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 tone of the movie and i guess because that movie was coming out they kind of took mirror mirror and made it more of a comedic type of film but oh man snow white and the Huntsman with Charlize Theron. Uh, Charlize killed it. It wasn't him. It had nothing to do with Tarsim. But, but the man, visuals there were really wow. But we saw Mirror Mirror. And again, it was not what we were expecting. But again, visually, it was amazing. It had Julia Roberts return. This was like after she took a break. She came back for this movie as the evil queen. <laughs> And I guess that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> Phil Collins' daughter was the lead. Yeah, Lily Collins. Lily Collins. Yeah. And then, okay, this movie, I didn't... Did you hear anything about Selfless, which came out in 2015? I saw it, but I not. I didn't know it was him. Oh, you saw trailers or it was... I, I heard about it. I saw okay. things and I didn't... Only when I found out that... It was him. Did I watch it? And it was Ryan Reynolds. It wasn't his ma- It wasn't his magic. It wasn't his typical magic. But there were things about it that were great, like the laboratory and just the the set designs and the again the locations. Yes. Oh, I mean, because the guy can really. I mean, he can scout a location like nobody's business. Some these that house that Ryan Reynolds was in had a chandelier. That went from the ceiling to the floor. Like it touched the floor like drapery. And it was yeah. all crystals. It was just amazing. Like it, that house was incredibly ornate. Everything was golden. Everything was there were leaves, golden leaves everywhere. And yeah. these aren't things that were made for the it's movie. It's an actual the mansion they used. So in boy, you can really appreciate his on location scenes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like yeah it stands out right even if it's not so great the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this, this, this movie is on, is on netflix and i tried to watch it the other day and i i only went halfway through 
I didn't finish it. I but... keep I keep search I keep looking for the Tarsim and like yeah, but it'll never be like the fall because he hasn't done anything where it's been all his since then. I will say if you haven't, you need to watch the lady. So the the last thing he did in 2020 was the Lady Gaga 911 oh, music video. It. I've seen it. It's great. And that that again, location, <laughs> desert theme, the costuming, it, it's oh it was so good. I love that music video. That was the first I guess that's that's almost the first thing he did without Ico. Yes. And like big stage like costume production because selfless was just regular clothed people right it, it wasn't <laughs> anything fantastical they, their or... outfits weren't supposed to stand out they were just they right. were trying to fade in the background so this video deals with like a surreal dreamscape and a twist ending um basically gaga being on these um it was, it was her being on like some narcotic drugs and this was like the effect of it. But that's kind of like the journey the video takes you through. It was just really a, an amazing concept. That was it. That was the last thing I, I've seen him do. And I think when I saw this music video, it had Tarsim written all over it. So when I looked it up, I was like, oh, he did do it. I start seeing him everywhere. I, I accuse him of doing a lot of work. Yeah. Every time I'm, I'm <laughs> really impressed by... A camera angle, a twirling man in a dress, or uh, any, I don't know, just screenshots. This is like the way he goes from one scene to the next. The, the transitions are artistic. Every, I, I can't get enough. I, the, I can't tell you how many times I've watched The Fall. Yeah. But it's highly recommended. Go see it. I actually had a moment with Brian Stelfreeze not too long ago at Baltimore Comic Con. And he was there and he had art of one of the characters and i was like are you kidding me like how do you even how do you know this he's like it's my favorite movie and i was like oh my god it's my favorite too <laughs> that connection you guys <laughs> share because <laughs> uh, once you've seen it it's just like nothing compares it's really it's intense yeah oh it's it's great i i look forward i hope he has other opportunities other movies Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. people, but that's okay. I mean, we, you know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like you, Tarsim. I'll be your friend. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I had. Any anything else you want to add? No, I think that you've summed it all up. I mean, I'm mean, hoping that all this yapping we did encourages people to seek him out. <laughs> yeah, it'll be worth your two hours. Absolutely. Which with any of his movies. Even if you just watch it for the visuals. The fall in the cell. Stick to those two. And yeah. then dabble in the rest if you wanna. Right. But thank you, Ray, for taking the time, you know, to sit with me and me grill you with these questions. Well, I really I, I you grill, we grilled me, you learned me, like you just you did all I, you all I made out. you do research. <laughs> I mean, I just I knew a lot of stuff already. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, but thank I'm you. So hopefully we'll do another one of these. And now to the comic segment. Only two. Yeah. Thank goodness. Just Wasn't two. too bad. They're not heavy. They're not really heavy. So we'll do quick recaps. We'll break each one down. A little we'll, bit, little we'll, bit. we'll start with X-Men number eight. 
which is X-Men versus MODOK. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's not, he's not their typical villain. He's like an Iron Man kind of, maybe Fantastic Four kind of villain. Wait, like an old school guy. With a giant head. With a head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you were saying not to watch the cartoon or whatever that oh, show I mean, that came out. The thing is like that stop this, my the character on stop motion. The character on the TV show is nothing. I mean, they've had the same name, but they're not the same. The one on TV is Pat Oswalt being funny. This is oh, not it's that. not based on this character. It is the mad him. scientist. It is the guy. Everything, all the details. Is Modoc? Right. Yeah. All the details are right, but the story is... But it's not based on Marvel. Okay, so... (laughs) All the details are right, but they're telling this other story that's most likely not canon. Because it's just about him, his wife, and his kids yelling at each other. I don't think that would have anything to do with what's going on in the Marvel Universe. Like, I don't think that... Back to the (laughs) X-Men... Now that I got yelled at, <laughs> back to my. <laughs> so I got. Before we start, I have another theory. <laughs> A theory on what? That Modoc is Gambit's father because he has <laughs> Gambit eyes. No. Anytime I see the black and the red, I'm just gonna say, "Oh my god!" Because we don't know who Gambit's parents are. We I, no, but I doubt it's Modoc. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that I think I don't even know how many times he's been drawn that way. I don't know how Candace. I don't collect Modok appearances, so I don't know how his his eyes usually look like. But I'm thinking this is artistic liberty here. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. What actually happened in this book? Because <laughs> oh, if it is like you, they they shouldn't have children. Because Rogue is not pushing a, a big old melon head. <laughs> <laughs> Out her delicate body. <laughs> no, it's it's not his father. Okay, all right. <laughs> Crush that theory to done, the ground. Done, done. We're done with that. Go away, go away. <laughs> all right, stay away. So Modok is in some cruise ship. And he, he releases some type of. It's chemical warfare. He's messing with the people on the ship. He's calling it uh, Project Amy. <laughs> because yeah. it just it messes with the amygdala and it, basically everybody's extremely violent they're all turning on each other they're all killing each other amygdala all... isn't that the company that was in that movie selfless that we watched i don't talk about the brain the name of the company in that movie but that actually is a, a thing in your brain that triggers the fear and the yes. so it makes sense maybe you know what? Let me just focus. Go ahead. Stop so the cruise stop debating. The, the cruise ship. Okay, so they're at the cruise ship, and basically this thing is released, and it causes everybody. Like the to... aim guys are just like hanging out, like videotaping it all. Just... Well, yeah, they're, it's a test. They wanted to see. <laughs> uh, so it causes people to kind of become zombies. They well, start they become killing very violent. Any... They start killing each other. Yeah. So zombies, I don't know, but definitely killing each other. Yes. Um. And then, <laughs> Modoc kicks somebody off. <laughs> says for science. He's doing it all for science. That's the yeah. answer for everything. Any any time, any kind of question they got for him, he's doing it for science. So the X Men are flying overhead, and they're like, "We got this distress in this cruise ship." They like fly over. Polaris is like, "Wait, 
this, there's something also up in the sky. I can't see it, but I can sense it with I my can feel it with my yeah. heart. Oh my gosh, her with powers my, with my magnetic heart. <laughs> feel it. Uh, yeah. So they break up into teams. The thing is that he's been brought back, so maybe they they have they have augmented his ability, but none of it has been demonstrated yet. So we're just all seeing this up. But for him to pull out, you know, borrow powers from somebody who's on another planet, that's pretty that's pretty crazy yeah is the omega i don't know the thing is omegas need to be able to do this stuff on their own but he needs to have people around him with abilities in order to how use his power so that might not make make him fine omega. all right i don't know okay but that's what i would say <laughs> same thing with rogue i mean rogue would be omega but she doesn't have any powers unless there's people with powers around her she has to swipe them but maybe what i'm saying is that sucks that Omega level mutants have to be a certain type of mutant. It can't be. Let's say if Rogue was able to control and take and not, you know, have people pass out when she touches them, wouldn't that be like an Omega level thing that she I don't could? Because it would reach? really depend on. Look at Magneto. Like he, as long as there's an electromagnetic spectrum, he's he's good. Yeah. He's got power. As long as people are breathing air, Storm has can do her thing. Like it's just, and Iceman's just unlimited. As long as there is air and moisture, and yeah, and it's, they don't depend on other people to to use their gifts to to, to maximum capacity. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So, sinking. Wolverine are having this telepathic chat, kind of telling her. Hey, we need to talk. We, have, we haven't had a chance to talk. And I guess he senses that she's kind of avoiding him. And she's like, yeah, we need to talk. <laughs> He's like, we've got to talk. I don't want to burden you with anything. But you're not asking me any questions. And like, he's got to get this off his chest. He can't, he can't just carry this burden anymore. It's, it's too much. So she's got a feeling that, I mean, she already knows. Because the first thing she says is like, you know how long were we together <laughs> and he's like oh okay <laughs> she i guess by the way he was acting around her she knew that there was something there's some kind of connection there which is obvious i think it's smart that she just figured it out <laughs> but she was like for how long did it take for you to warm up to me <laughs> or for her <laughs> to warm up to him yeah 217 years 217 years they were in there before they cuddled. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> then all she has to say is like, you know, ask me again sometime. I like a partner with patience. It's, I don't know. But it helped him maybe more so than her. Because at least now he's gotten it off his chest and he's not happy. But then they show you going back to the gala, like what he was thinking when they were doing these nominations. And he just like, he told everyone like i'm sure i'm getting a lot of points for my time in the vault but i just want her i just want wolverine to be there and that's that was that i guess and that's how they both got on there mm. then as they're going through the ship they reach modok who's oh, at the MODOK. buffet <laughs> <laughs> the only reason to be in these filthy tubs is for the food <laughs> So he's at the buffet line. He's running around killing each other. X Men are there to save the day. He's eaten. Yeah. 
I mean, I would too. <laughs> That's where you would find me at the buffet line. <laughs> he knocks Wolverine off the boat, and he's like, "You can't swim. You heavy. You got these bones. You're not gonna float." And Sink has to like sync up with Jean, get the telekinesis, get the, telep- the telepathy, and that's how they're gonna have to have it out with this guy because they physically it's a lot more challenging so they just end up having a i don't know a psychic plane situation with him and cyclops enter his his mind and i don't know it's a like there's he, a son there uh, morak has a son <laughs> and morak is grilling you know like a x-men heads on the grill he's having yes <laughs> He's having like a barbecue in his backyard. He's at home with his wife, with his kids. Yeah. Barbecuing. He's knocked out. Basically, they got him telepathically. Like the whole the fight well, happened. Him and uh, Cyclops have like a, a father talk. Like, Yeah, I'm a daddy too. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't say he was a good one, but he's a daddy too. Right. And then the military thanks them for their service. Now the military is nice of the x-men and laura in true fashion gets a doggy bag with all the buffet items <laughs> she's like modok was right it's good yeah <laughs> and there's a letter from forge and letting him know that this outfit that he's been wearing as captain krakoa is something that's meant for, for cyclops yeah it's meant for other characters other people like Artie and leech or characters who aren't particularly good at fighting mm. So that they can defend themselves if anything happens. So he's basically using Cyclops as a There's going to be a test. bunch of... Yeah. So he wants all the data or whatever um, information he can get from Cyclops using this suit. The whole going to be full of these like mechanical fighters. Mm. It's not bad. I mean, for the ones who need it. Yeah. I'll need one, Forge. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a magnetic heart. <laughs> <laughs> then we shift back to the maracas we got yeah. negasonic under the tree making out with, with some, some some girl they can't even <laughs> keep track anymore you're like how many is she i don't know like, they're like <laughs> cyclops says looks like negasonic is is making a team out of her girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> and then sync approaches cyclops and he confesses he's the one that wiped Ben Eric's mind. Yeah, when Cyclops died, publicly died. Like he didn't know what was in gonna air happen. quotes. He didn't know what was gonna happen, so he just like in a panic, kind of just like borrowed Jean's power and made Eric forget everything. Because I mean, he didn't. It's I don't blame him. Cyclops is gone. He was the one handling the situation. Now he's gone. What were they gonna do? Yeah. So if the secret was let out to the public so he finally he also comes to terms with the situation with laura he's like this is she is not my laura she's not this person that i knew for this time this is she's there's a whole nother individual and i can't impose my experience or that time i had on this stranger now who didn't go through the same thing mm. so he's just ready to call it off he's like you know she stays i'm gonna go i don't want to be x-men anymore i'm leaving okay bye-bye and cyclops is like no you can't you can't go until I say so, or Captain Krakoa says so. <laughs> uh, one thing, though, they did find, I mean, when Sink did wipe Ben's mind, he took a notebook. And I guess 
They were thinking he was gonna. He was trying to write headlines. Yeah. And they were thinking it was gonna be a negative article. Yeah, but it was more on a positive, like. And the one name that they kept is the Immortal X Men. Isn't that a title coming out soon? Yeah. Little, little sneak peek there yeah but it was gonna be miracle of mutants that was gonna be one title they didn't go with that one the deathless x-men they didn't do that either and immortal was what they settled on but it just goes to show that he wasn't he wasn't trying to hurt them but yeah he was trying to do the news put it out there tell the people the truth because you know governments got secrets and you got to expose them that's how you know Krakoa was no different yeah and that was that I guess next issue is going to be in Arako. It says, Once Upon a Time on Arako. <laughs> next. All right. Well, maybe Rogue will get dialogue in this one. Oh! Right. We'll and not just be floating up. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even show her fight up there in that spaceship. No. She was like, She's I got like, it. They've done. Okay, bye. Yeah. It's like two seconds. They yeah. didn't even have to show it. Yeah. She handled it. And we move on to another of the Wolverine's things. Life of Wolverine 3. Yep. We made it to the third. Things are moving right along. We got all these timelines going. Timelines. Yeah. <laughs> so, start with A, right? The yeah, present. We'll, we'll go with A, which present is like Gene P.S. hovering over Logan's body and he's connected to the Cerebro and Xavier is helping them navigate through time. And, I mean, that's that's just where that's at then yeah then right away you go into call it b and that's mikhail and omega red going through maybe a few weeks in the past just going through yeah they named this the recent past in siberia what they found in his body and the detonator that the government put in his that the russian government put in his body and he was like i have no patriotism for you you guys put this in me first and uh, then he shows him the sword. He shows him the well. Actually, Mikael, I guess this sword. is how the Cerebro sword comes into play. He actually like stabs him with it, and I guess that's how he's Omega Red time. is traveling through time through being because he was stabbed by the sword, which is connected to the Cerebro helmet that Xavier's wearing, which is connected to the one that Wolverine has on. So that's kind of like how they're keeping track of each other. Yeah. In these timelines. Yep. So, I mean, that's... At least, you know, that was a reveal. Right. <laughs> how how Omega Red is doing this. But then, then we go to timeline C, which is Captain Xavier, his great-great-grandfather or, or whatever, 1900s. And they're fighting off the whole crew of the ship, or just by himself, this captain. Because Logan hasn't even gotten to him yet. He's on the sled. He's with the. He's on a sled on his way, and this guy's just like handling all these people, trying not to get killed. And Omega Red had enough of just fighting with him because he couldn't get, couldn't beat him. Just a regular guy. Yeah. Right. So he possesses a whale. A beluga whale. <laughs> jumps out of, the, jumps out of the depths of the ocean and tries to like eat him. And then at the moment, Wolverine jumps in and. But. So Twinkverine. <laughs> Twinkverine. Twink <laughs> yeah. Fighting along Captain Xavier. <laughs> and Captain Xavier lights this tub full of I guess oil or some whatever they used on the ship and lit it on fire, tossed it into the whale's mouth and set his insides on fire. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, he's a pretty badass Xavier guy. Yeah. Logan I hasn't mean, had to do much. So, what's the next timeline? Itsu. Itsu and Romulus. So, Wolverine, Logan is fighting Itsu, who's possessed by Omega Red, and then Romulus shows up. And he was originally the one who was kind of had her killed anyway, so he was part of this history. He was part of this situation. But it kind of just, they didn't expect him. He just pops in and stabs her, but doesn't kill her. <laughs> and they, they're fighting, and Wolverine's like, I can't do this anymore like i need help i don't know how to we can't kill her because doc and he, he reaches exist. out to gene right yeah gene ps he's like how how can i keep my woman alive without killing her but she's possessed by omega red and now i got this guy romulus here it was a lot yeah so he just he decides to just kick romulus's ass till he goes away he's like yeah. i got time to kill you or anything just enough to send you back home and have Romulus go and do what he did originally, which was hire the Winter Soldier to kill her. Yeah. But uh, she survives this incident because Omega Red leaves her body because he sensed an opportunity elsewhere in time to attack Xavier. So, because I mean, that's the main goal of this is to get rid of Xavier. Yes, he's fighting Wolverine. Yeah, he's going through all these lifetimes, but it's, the whole purpose of it is to get rid of Xavier. So the opportunity presents itself in the next timeline, which is in Colombia, with the Weapon X program and Sabretooth and Maverick. And, <laughs> and they describe Colombia. Yes. I'm going to read this part. <laughs> Jaguars, piranhas, hand-sized spiders, flesh-eating fungi, parasites that crawl up your urethra. Oh my! <laughs> wow, Colombia is dangerous. I mean, those are, no, but that, that's kind of like he's any, any place swamp. in the jungle. Yeah, those are the places where I mean, this isn't specific to there, but yes, a- there, there are things in water, rainforest in no. your body. Mm-mm. Anyway, I think it's funny. He like throws a fucking beehive <laughs> on saber tooth's face. A wasp nest just drops it <laughs> a on a hornet his nest. Oh yes, that. <laughs> Whatever, flesh-eating bees, <laughs> just in his mouth, in his Ooh. eyeballs. Yo, <laughs> takes him out, and he's rushing just... over to go to wherever Jim P.S. is telling him to go, and they he reaches the place where Xavier is giving some type of presentation or uh, yes. conference, and Gene is frantically looking to see where Omega Red is gonna pop up or who, what she sends where he can. Well, because he's connected to the uh, the cerebro? sword, which is connected yeah. to the cerebro, which is Xavier's wearing. Yeah. Which is connected to the cerebro that Wolverine is wearing, which is connected to Jean P.S., so she could tell him where to go. <laughs> right. It's it's a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you guys, it turns out that Omega Red was not going to possess anyone there except for Wolverine. And that's the last shot we see. Wolverine being possessed by Omega Red. Yeah. That's it. That kind of went by fast. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a good one. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, looking forward to death next week. Yes, the <laughs> the Mora and the Terminators twos. <laughs> so she killed her Terminators. She fried Mystique. Well, you're right. So she's it. one. One is following her. The Techno. Techverine. Techverine. Yeah. <laughs> well. That's it. All right, guys. That was the comics. Yeah. 
See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.